Exact Nature's all-natural CBD-based products are specially formulated to help you lighten the load in recovery, be it with addictive cravings, depression and anxiety, or improving sleep. Founded and run by a father-son team, both in recovery, this issue is personal for them. Learn more at exactnature.com, and as a listener of the Sobriety Diaries, use the code TSD20 to receive a 20% discount at purchase. Again, TSD20 at exactnature.com. This episode is dedicated in loving memory to Judson. Judson is a brother that we lost to addiction last year, and his family could use some support and prayers. So to Jamie and Judson's family, stay strong and continue in Judson's honor. Good morning. Good morning. How are you, Zach? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing good. Good to see you. Thanks for uh, getting up early today. Oh, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I'm a I'm a I'm an early bird, so Same. Um, I don't last till maybe eight or nine o'clock at night, and yeah. then I gotta go. But I'm an I'm an early bird. <laughs> Same, I feel you. What part of the country are you in? I'm down here in Tampa, Florida. Oh, okay, so, so it's it's eight a.m. there as well. I'll give you my spiel here. Very conversational, very casual. I'm not sure if you've heard the show at all, but it's very, you know, back and forth. And I'll invite you to sort of share your story of addiction and recovery. Some of the projects that you're working on now, we'll certainly talk about coffee and sobriety. And uh, I'll sort of just interject as we go along and maybe ask some questions or see what I can relate to in your story. And We'll just kind of go from there. I mean, it's, like I said, very casual. You know, obviously everything's edited, cut down. And so if you feel like you need to pause or collect your thoughts or you want to start a sentence over or whatever, I'll make sure that, you know, everything's edited together and that we both sound smart and funny and (laughs) all those good things. So if you need to pause or collect yourself, feel free to do so. Cool. That's pretty much it. Any questions for me before we get going? Uh, if you do hear some dogs barking, uh, I have them. Uh, I have them put up, but uh, okay, they might bark. I don't know. If, uh, no worries. I've okay. got one here myself. So <laughs> if I feel like it's interfering with the audio, I may just pause you until. Okay. Do you want me to use your first and last name? It's up to you. My last name's a little. <laughs> A little dicey. It's it's pronounced Gerbholz. Gerbholz. Um, I'll just go with Zach G. So I don't sound. Okay. So I don't mess up the pronunciation. No, no, that's fine. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, your setup, by the way. Thank Looks you. Looks nice. Thank you. Thank you. I've been working on it a little bit more. They, I'm like to the point now where I'm like, uh, is it too cluttery? But I'm kind of digging it for now. No, no, it's. Uh... <laughs> It reminds me of, I mean, it looks like your home, you know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Good. It matches you. It's a good vibe. Yeah, I like it. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Well, I do a separate intro that I will record after the episode, so we'll kind of just jump into things here. Okay. Sober day, friends. Welcome to the Sobriety Diaries. My name is Nate. I am a grateful recovering alcoholic, seven years from my last drink. 
The Sobriety Diaries is a video podcast where we share powerful stories of recovery told by those who lived them. Check us out at thesobrietydiaries.com for all things podcast related. And for all our video interviews, head over to youtube.com slash Nate Kelly. Also, please share this podcast with just one person in your life who may still be struggling. You just never know what they may need to hear today. Recovery is possible. I am here with my new friend, Zach G. Good morning, Zach. How are you today? Good morning. I'm fantastic. Thanks for asking. Yeah, we. Uh, it's early on a Sunday and we were both relating over our, our early bird status and the fact that bedtime is around 8 p.m. So <laughs> I'm used to uh, seeing the sunrise. Uh, yeah, and we're not hungover. Exactly. That's the best part about it. That's what I was I was getting to. Thank you. So happy Sunday. Happy Sober Sunday. I'm excited to to kind of chat and get to learn more about you and hear a bit about your journey to where we are today and some of the projects that you're working on now. But I usually just start with inviting you to share your personal journey and you can kind of start wherever makes sense and, you know, share as much or as, as little as you think makes sense to your story. But I'll kind of just turn it over to you and invite you to, uh, you know, start to share your story of addiction and recovery. Oh, thanks, Nate. Um, appreciate you. And thanks for having me um, on the show here. Um, it's my actually my first time on a sobriety related wow. uh, podcast, so I'm excited. Amazing. <clears throat> um, so, but yeah, no. Um, so I, 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 my sober date was June 27th of 2021. So it's been a little over almost a year and a half now. Uh, so I'm, I'm relatively new to the game, so to speak. Um, I, well, probably like many, um, addicts, there's, there's a lot of variable elements that go into what started it and why we got sober. Um, but I guess, for me, I guess I can share a little bit of my background, um, which might people might be able you might be able to relate to. Yeah, I actually come from a very religious uh, background. Um, my family uh, found their way um, into a Christian church, um, you know, many years ago, and uh, uh, I certainly don't intend to rip on Christianity at all. Uh, just this particular flavor and group of people were um, particularly confusing, uh, especially um, for a personality like mine. I'm very much uh, just fundamentally have always been a, a go-getter, a, a very um, not uh, aggressive, but just very uh, uh, charismatic, I guess, um, um, violently curious about life around me. I love uh, interacting with people and, um, and, and, really, and really sort of exploring life. So um, that didn't really fit with a very nice, neat box that they had us in. Um, and uh, there were a lot of things that happened. Um, you know, between, you know, myself and my sisters that, uh, was not very cash money. Um, <laughs> As but, uh, 
I, I can remember specifically um, one incident when I was about 17 years old. Um, I had actually just picked up a drink for the first time. And uh, about this time, Snapchat had just started. Mm. So long story short, I, uh, of course, like <clears throat> many of the times we've all been drunken fools before, I posted a <laughs> Snapchat of myself and my and my buddies uh, having some brews. And um, somehow one of the other kids at the church saw that and basically reported me to the governing body, which we which we refer to as the elders. Yes. Um, very culty. But uh, yeah, so the elders kind of called me in and uh, <laughs> I described this scene as like, uh, you know, there's a singular light bulb swinging from the from the Ooh. ceiling and they sat in a semicircle and a <laughs> an interrogation almost. Right. Yeah. Um, like a grand inquisition inquisition. Yeah. Is that a word? Inquisition. Inquisition. There you go. Thank yeah. you. Um, but yeah, so when they started, you know, drilling me um, with questions and my dad at the time thought it was the best thing to do to basically say, if I don't publicly repent, then I would, you know, be, for lack of a better term, excommunicated. Although their form of excommunication is you're still allowed to attend church, but you're just basically labeled and shunned, um, mm. so to speak. So, um, so yeah, um, that, uh, you know, obviously cultivated a lot of mistrust between uh, myself and my family and the way I grew up. And, you know, with these types of things growing up in the Bible Belt, you know, your entire life and network is kind of surrounded by fundamentalist Christians. Um, and, uh, so it, 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 uh, it really made, it really made an impact on me, um, personally on top of the fact that I was also homeschooled. Um, so I did not have any communication or social skills to speak of. Mm -hmm. Um, I mostly subsisted in a kind of a state of isolation from the world. Um, which for me and my personality, for some people, it may not have been as impactful, impactful, but for me, it was, it was quite detrimental. I felt real pain from not being able to interact with my fellow man, um, just in a very general way. Um, as I got uh, a little bit older, I started, you know, kind of playing Machiavelli, um, whereas, uh, you know, just, just making the appearance and, and playing the game. Um, and, uh, I wasn't, uh, you know, growing up, <clears throat> I'd smoke a joint here and there, have some drinks, but it was never like a, it was never, it did not become an addiction until I moved to Florida about seven years ago. So, um, like many catalysts uh, that will catapult people into addiction, um, my high school girlfriend um broke up with me and i was crushed so yes. i said all right i gotta get out of here and um so i packed my bags and i didn't really know anybody i didn't have a job i didn't have much of anything but uh, i was just knew that i would be free from it all so i packed my bags and i moved down to florida about seven years ago um, and uh, if you know anything about Florida, uh, there's one thing that uh, Floridians do, and that's party. <laughs> um, 
and we do it quite well, if I might add. Designer drugs, uh, the whole nine yards. So, Where did you move from? It was um, Arkansas. Okay. So this, this was happening in Arkansas. My apologies. Yeah. Got it. So, <clears throat> yeah, a little town called Greenbrier is where we mostly um, grew up. So very small population, not, very, uh, not a very diverse crowd at all. Um, not a very curious crowd. Mm. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah, from Arkansas to Florida, um, you know, moved to Tampa. And um, I guess, I guess you know, things just kind of went off um, the deep end there uh, pretty much right off rip. Um, you know, I had basically cut off anybody who might be able to help me. And I had to, you know, just basically rebuild a network from ground zero. So I was, uh, for more or less homeless for brief periods of time until I found, you know, a friend's couch to sleep on, or, you know, I lived in a half finished house at one point, somebody was kind enough. Uh, my mentor actually owned the place. It was half finished and he was kind enough to let me stay there. You know, the, the immense loneliness and insecurity that arises from being cut off from your home group, right? Even if you fundamentally disagree, there's still a, a very much a surgical type, you know, cutting off from what you know yeah. as person so I was very much just you know lost and trying on different personalities I didn't have really an identity I would find people that had personality traits that I thought would be advantageous or good and so I tried to you know you know basically I was I was an empty vessel just trying different things on and doing different things and um, you know that that sort of led me um, into the throes of addiction. Um, it's so hard when it's, it's hard when we don't have that sense of self, right. And mm. that confidence to just stand up and be who we are. I, I can relate to what you're saying so well, and just not having that sense of self and trying on different costumes and personalities and trying just to, fit into different situations. It's, it's where my addiction sort of catapulted itself as well. So I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do find that, that a lot of us do that, that, uh, that tends to be, um, a major element mm -hmm. in, in a lot of us and of a lot of our lives, but yeah. Um, no, for sure. So, so, I guess uh, the 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 nail that sealed the coffin for my addiction was um, it's hard to put a finger on it, but you know it involved another relationship, and uh, so I you know moved in with somebody that I I liked, but I didn't really like. If that makes sense. <laughs> You know, um, she had an apartment and um, it was a... You needed an you know, apartment? <laughs> I needed a place to stay and a little bit of stability because I could see, you know, even then, could see my life, you know, going off the rails. So 
And then, um, you know, that, that relationship, uh, which I take a hundred percent responsibility for it going, you know, sideways, uh, was just, it was so toxic and we just weren't, we just were so wrong for each other. Um, I, I, I felt I had no choice but to numb myself Mm. and then COVID hit. Um, so, you know, income went down and it was, uh, it was a recipe for disaster. So yeah, 2019 was a, was a very dark year. Um, my, you know, cocktail of choice was bourbon and cocaine. Mm. Um, yeah, so got pretty, got pretty heavy into that. And, uh, you know, I'm actually like getting chills just thinking about it, but, um, but yeah, so, so that went on for, um, another year and a half. And to be quite frank with you, I don't remember a whole lot of what happened. Um, it was, uh, just kind of a really <clears throat> mushy time in my brain. So, um, I met a couple of people, um, my adopted family, I call them had kind of taken a step back from me, um, and sort of given up hope. I mean, they had tried to help and, um, they couldn't. So they had kind of taken a step back from me. Um, there was a couple of incidents where my behavior was really unacceptable. And so I sort of lost some friends, um, I I reached a point in March of 2021 um, where I was basically about to get fired from the job I was at. Um, the most important people in my life had withdrawn and I checked myself into rehab um, at that point. I, I don't know, you know, I don't, I don't know what it was exactly that compelled other than just the absolute despair um that was present in my mind and my soul and uh yeah so i checked myself into rehab march 2021 one of the biggest hurdles in starting a podcast can be the overwhelming thought of all of the technology let me tell you don't let it stop you especially in the beautiful online recovery space, we could really save lives. So if you have a message that you want to share and a story that you want to tell, the Podcast Host Academy can help you get there. Inside the Podcast Host Academy, you'll find courses on everything from equipment, software and editing, to presentation skills and vocal warm-ups. Click the link in today's show notes for an additional 15% off your subscription to the Podcast Host Academy and Alitu.com. That is Alitu, A-L-I-T-U.com. Was it a 12-step based program? No, it wasn't a 12-step based program, um, although they did have classes. So it was, um, they, they offered a bunch of different, they offered uh courses in smart recovery, Dharma, 12 step courses. Um, there's a couple of others too, but, um, but yeah, uh, it was uh, just a, a mix of different stuff and they had like weightlifting classes and boxing classes and stuff too, for the physical side. And, uh, it was good. Um, it was a good rehab, uh, program. Um, definitely don't, don't regret it. Um, 
you know, I will say that because it, uh, nobody got too deep into, you know, deconstructing insecurities and traumas and reasons why we start. Um, it didn't do much, but it did get the ball rolling. So I did relapse uh, pretty shortly after rehab in, um, I think, April and May, um, and uh, went back in, you know, just as hard as before. Um, and then uh, I met a buddy of mine um, who has an, actually has a pretty successful um, ministry uh, here in Tampa. It's called Sober Life. Um, he was... Uh, actually at the same job that I, I returned to the same job and they gave me another shot and I ended up actually doing phenomenally well. There was just a point that I reached that I was like, okay, I'm done. I'm done. You know, I can't really explain it. Um, God, the universe, whatever it is, uh, I thank them and I was just done and I haven't picked up since. And honestly, it's, uh, uh, it's been, it's been phenomenal. Um, still ups and downs, of course, just like ebbs and flows of life, but man, it's been, been really, it's been really phenomenal. My mentor, I consider like a father figure. I don't have the best, um, relationship with my biological parents, but in Tampa, I met him when I first came down. Um, you, you hang on to that relationship because man, this guy is, is just a rock. He's never struggled with substances himself. Now he's been a constant, uh, a rock in my life too. So I will say that, you know, the reason I'm sober is because I was fortunate and lucky enough to have the opportunity to build a solid community around myself. Yes. That's, that's the most important thing is community. You know, I often say like, we will find our own way hopefully, to recovery when we reach that point that you were talking about where you're just done. So there are many paths to recovery. We find our own ways, but I think one constant is that community and surrounding yourself with like-minded people and those who have the same goals in mind. So I think that I couldn't agree more that, that community is the key for sure. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's huge. It's, um, it's the reason why, you know, AA works. It's the reason why, um, you know, rehabs tend to help. It's, it's the reason why, I mean, it's the, it's the background of, of, of recovery in my opinion. Yeah. So when you went back out for those few months during your relapse, was it, you know, I hear a lot, especially folks who have participated in an inpatient treatment program that, all that's going through your head is everything you've learned in rehab and it's hard to have, what do they say? There's a saying about like recovery in your head and whiskey in your stomach or something along the lines where it's hard not to focus on things you've learned in rehab, but getting wasted at the same time. Did you have that experience? <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. It was very uncomfortable because it was like, oh my God, I need to go get drunk. And then, <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, it's like you're still working through um, the fact that you're in, still insecure about your appearance uh, 29 years, 28 years into life, you know? Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, I, so rehab was super helpful in that it, it introduced, you know, the information that, you know, because when when we when we numb ourselves with substances, we forget 
that we have insecurities, that we have trauma that we haven't dealt with, um, that we really don't like ourselves. And so that's a very, that's a trauma in and of itself. You know, the fact that I don't like myself, I feel bad about not liking myself. And so it's this cycle. And then what do we do as addicts? We go to the source of numbness that we are comfortable with. You know, um, I write a little bit about um, sobriety. Uh, I have a little bit of, I have a little blog that I write, but one of the things I I wrote recently that um, just sort of came out was uh, we, we are, we are, we, we are aware that we are destroying ourselves, but at least we are in control of that destruction. Mm. So we're comfortable with it. Yeah. I don't know if that resonates with you or not, but to me, it, it made a lot of sense, but um, yeah, I hear that. I've spoken to a few individuals who have struggled with eating disorders as well as substance abuse. And that was one thing that sort of blurred the lines with their addiction is, you know, especially if it were bulimia, you have the control over this sort of binging and purging. And while this, your life may be spiraling out of control around you, this is like the one thing that we can grasp onto and that we can control, which is just with a clear mind and looking back on things seems crazy, but when we're in the thick of it, it makes so much sense, right? Makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. Well, great segue because I definitely wanted to talk about your blog, Coffee and Sobriety, right? Yeah. So what sort of kickstarted this idea and talk to us a little about the site and sort of what your goals are with, with Coffee and Sobriety? I have found uh, as a recovering alcoholic um, who has recovered to a point where I have a steady job, I've got a girlfriend, uh, I've got two dogs, we've got an apartment. So life is busy. Yeah. And uh, I, really, uh, I really love the idea um, of sponsoring and helping others achieve sobriety. Um, but, uh, the problem is of course, is, you know, really carving out the time. Um, and there are uh, a couple of guys that I do still sponsor, but, um, you know, I want more. So yeah. I, I thought, uh, I love to write. Um, I feel like I could be good at it one day. I certainly don't feel like I'm there yet, but, um, I wanted to sort of get the message out. Um, and, uh, you know, I've, I've been told that the way I perceive it has been super helpful. So I thought maybe more people would, uh, be able to relate to it, but honestly, um, it's nice if they do, but if they don't, it doesn't even matter because writing and, and publishing this is, is for me, it's for, to help me stay sober. And uh, I love the idea of it helping others as well. But from a selfish perspective, this helps me structure my internal narrative. Uh, It helps me, you know, put rubber to the road. Now I have this, you know, uh, story and uh, ideas published online. So if I don't do them, I'm now a fraud. So it's (laughs) just adding extra, extra, a little bit of healthy pressure and to just keep moving in that direction. And uh, now I have, uh, you know, a, a, a way to hold myself accountable um, and, uh, and, and do that. But yeah, no, I just started it a couple of months ago. Um, I have this grand idea, uh, that, um, 
you know, one day I might have uh, sober coaches uh, in a sense and not to take the place of a sponsor or a therapist by any means, um, but a sober coach would, um, you know, help somebody put all of the elements together, right? Um, get your sponsor in line, get you in touch with a therapist, get you, you know, help you build a, a routine, a schedule, um, help you look at life anew. Uh, now that you're, you know, we all feel empty once we come off the sauce. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, helping, you know, helping people just put the pieces together. Um, one day is kind of where I'd like to go with it. And then just have just really good content. Uh, I got some videos scheduled coming up here as well. And then hopefully it, you know, helps some people. Um, but, uh, but yeah. Yeah. I totally relate to that. This podcast, you know, has helped there's a selfish side of it as well. You know, I'm still working on my recovery every day too. And, and talking to so many different people and hearing, different stories from across the world really helps with my sobriety as well. And it also, there's that accountability piece where, you know, people are expecting new episodes every Wednesday. So I need to, to deliver to those people who now have started to expect things and that, you know, holds me accountable, which I need, you know, I need that routine as well that you're talking about. Yeah. And clearly a lot of people are benefiting, man. You do a great job. So, Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, I did notice on the blog that there is a section that uh, relates to church trauma. And I'm curious, is that something that you're still working through? Have you been able to sort of process that? Or is it is it an ongoing thing that you deal with? I have to be I have to be honest with you, even, you know, uh, more than a decade later, it still comes out in ways that surprises me. Yeah, I'll say this. Um, not everybody, uh, has the same experience and, uh, I've actually been, my mind has opened up even further, you know, that I still have, you know, I still know good people, um, inside of the same denomination that had just a fundamentally different experience than I did and they're fine. And, um, you know, they still attend and, and believe that to be true. Um, and they're healthy, you know, so it's really, it's, it's, it's quite a mystery, um, in life as to how two people can experience the same environment and similar stimula for lack of a better term in that environment and then have two separate experiences. Right. Right. So I guess first and foremost, that section is, is my experience with it. You know, the context of just my personality and, I guess how it just didn't fit. And unfortunately that's, that's how it, uh, that's how it, um, came about, but yeah, no, it's still, um, it, it still definitely impacts me, uh, to this day. Um, and, uh, it does impact a lot of others. So my older sister actually started a, um, kind of like a, you know, private Facebook group, um, um, sort of like a, an oasis for, people who had had very similar experiences and I've been very surprised that, you know, I mean, there's probably close to a thousand members in there wow. now. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, maybe not quite a thousand, uh, somewhere between 500 and a thousand. I don't want to exaggerate, but I don't know the exact number. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so it, it, it has impacted a lot of us and um, 
sort of a, a fundamentalist uh, approach to life is um, there's nothing inherently wrong with having, you know, a traditional outlook on life and traditional values. But if you take it to a point where it's actually, you know, uh, unwelcomed and it's forced in, uh, then it can, it can cause some trauma. So, um, but yeah, it's been, uh, <laughs> it still shows up in ways that surprise me. Of course. But, yeah. Zach, what are some words of wisdom or some, some advice that we can offer some listeners who are perhaps early in recovery or maybe struggling with a relapse. I know you have uh, experience with what are some encouraging words we can offer them today? Yeah. So I think a really important one is um, for some reason, at least my perspective was like, you know, relapsing is the worst possible thing that can happen uh, for an addict. And, uh, if you currently have relapsed or you feel like you might um, try not to stay strong, but if you do, it's not the end of the world. Yeah. Um, I think 40 to 60% of new recovering people, they, they have at least one relapse. Um, and yeah, it's nice to say, Oh, I've been sober for five or six years, but even if you've been sober for a couple of days following a relapse, that's awesome. I mean, just get up and, and try again. Right. Uh, it doesn't mean it's the end of the world. Um, you're okay. Um, you're, you're accepted, you are loved and we want you to succeed in this. So, um, just, uh, pick yourself up, dust yourself up, try again. Um, and then, uh, I will say also that someone who's new in recovery, they're, they're going to start feeling things again for the first time. And it's important to be brave and not run away from those emotions. It's important to lean into them without, you know, going too far to the one side. Obviously, there's balance to the equation, but invite those feelings in for a cup of coffee, right? You know, <laughs> yes. have a conversation with them. Try to separate yourself from the trauma and look at it from a sign, like the way a scientist would look at an experiment. Um, of course, you know, with empathy and love, not just as a numbers thing, but that act of separation has really impacted my ability to sort of walk through things with myself. And then if you have a therapist, of course, really, it helps to walk through that with them. But, you know, uh, lean into it a little bit. Don't don't shy away from it. Feel whatever it is that you need to feel and don't act like it doesn't exist. Um, the reason it still persists is because it has something to teach you, right? It hasn't left you alone yet because you still have something to learn from it. At least that's, that's the perspective that I take that, that has helped me quite a bit. Yeah. Very well said. So true. Zach, thank you so much for your time today. Coffeeandsobriety.com is the blog. We will link everything in today's show notes. Enjoy your Sunday, my friend. Thanks so much, Zach. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much. You too. Thank you so much for listening today, friends. Hopefully you heard something that resonates with you. And if we help just one person, our job is done. 
Make sure you check today's show notes for all the information discussed in the episode and how to connect with our guest. And as always, check us out at thesobrietydiaries.com, youtube.com slash Nate Kelly, and on Instagram at the Sobriety Diaries Pod. Please head over to Apple Podcasts and rate and review the show, friends. It truly helps other people to find the show. And in turn, we can help more people. Until next Wednesday, try your best not to drink and be good to yourselves. Bye, everyone.